everybody. I'm Bo. And I'm Jamie. And this here is What You Watching, the only show uh, in podcast form that dares to ask the question, Hey, Jamie, what anniversaries are you having? Ooh, you threw a curveball in there. Yeah, that's what I do. Put a little English on it. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, I'm having, or I just had, my sixth wedding anniversary. Yay! Yeah, and it was on Friday the 13th. That's we great. got married on Friday the 13th. And do you know that's not coming around again until into the 2030s? I don't even know how that works, but because I assumed it would be like every six years, you know, because leap year. Oh, right, but, right, right. Okay, sure. But no, I looked ahead and there's not another one coming that lands where my anniversary actually lands on a Friday again until sometime in the 2030s. Yeah, by so, then you'll be married for almost 20 years or, or right yeah. next door to it and... And then you'll be able to use that machete for its God-intended purpose of killing the other person. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, if we make it that long. Now we will. We will. But, uh, yeah, that was exciting. It it was exciting that it actually fell on a Friday again. So we had, I mean, because we always celebrate Friday the 13th regardless. And then uh, this one actually being our wedding anniversary made it extra special. So that was cool. That's awesome. And uh and congratulations again. I was really like I said, I've been very always excited uh to see uh big anniversaries like that. And uh like uh, my friends Chad and Wendy just had their anniversary, my friends Kim and Ed just had their anniversary. Um I've had the same boxer shorts for about 10 years. That's about as close as I come. Ooh, I should get you a cake. I know. Yeah. I, <laughs> I think there is a, a cake in those boxer shorts at this point Ow! after that period of time. Uh, is it chocolate? <laughs> I, I would uh, I would say more cheese. You know, uh, I think Dan Bone made a mistake when he said openly that my life was de- my life. My lap. Well, my life is pretty delightful as well. But he said my laugh was delightful. Well. Then the last episode, I did nothing but laugh. <laughs> I blame myself. You enjoy it, so oh, you should. It's all yeah. your fault. But let me tell you something real quick about anniversaries. So well, we do go the, ahead. We Th- do this the... is neither the time nor the place to to tell <laughs> nope. stories, Jamie. <laughs> it is not. Oh, that's another thing too. But anyway, the uh, <laughs> what you know, we uh, I'll I'll get there. We, so we. For every year, we do the, uh, you know how they have the traditional and the modern anniversary gift for whatever year it is? I do not, but I'll like, take your word for it. Well, like, for instance, the 25th anniversary is the silver. Mm-hmm. The 50th anniversary is the gold. Well, each year has something. And for the sixth anniversary, it's iron. Oh. Can I just tell you how hard it is to find something appropriate that is made of iron? Um I was looking, I was like, well, this should be fairly easy, you know, especially like maybe a horror thing I could find, like a, a little statue or something. Mm-hmm. Uh, no, no, couldn't do that. I didn't find anything. But what I did do was I got a ticket to see Iron Maiden. I was just going to say that. Yeah, <laughs> like get him an Iron Maiden album, but that's even better. Yeah. So uh, I was like, let me just see if, you know, they're coming. And yeah, they're coming in October. So I got tickets for that and i'm like oh yeah guess who's running to the hills <laughs> that's right <laughs> uh, i hope it won't be two minutes to midnight oh very nice um 
Uh, anyway, so story thing I was going to say is I was yes. talking to Brian the other day and, uh, you know, when we do our show, I'll, well, you know me, you've worked with me forever. So everything just reminds me of something or leads me into a story or mm-hmm. whatever. And it's I was the just entire like, premise of this show. Yes. I was like, God damn, like, I feel so bad for our listeners sometimes. Cause they're probably like, they're probably on the other end going, Jesus Christ, another story. <laughs> But uh, I was watching Bill Maher the other night, and I forget <laughs> the woman that was on there. There was a guest on there. And every time he would bring something up, she'd go, oh, well, that reminds me of her. Or, oh, I was on that committee. Or, oh, when I was elected. You know, and it just, and he's like, wow, you have a story for everything. <laughs> and Brian turns to me, and he's like, hey, it's you. <laughs> nice. And I'm like, yeah, I do. I do have a story. But it, um, anyway, that's enough about me rambling about things that have nothing to do with what i've been watching oh well let me ask you this then mm-hmm. w- what you been watching oh yeah i didn't see that coming at all yeah right <laughs> okay let's see do you know what i watched i watched <laughs> that's jackass. why I, I know i watched jackass forever how was that i i have <laughs> that queued up it was stupid fun. I mean, it's jackass, you know, but I've always loved, um, oh, what's his name? Oh, Steve-O? Yeah, no. Uh, <laughs> Johnny Knoxville? Johnny Knoxville, yes. Okay. And uh, it was, I just thought it was great. I mean, it was, they're still doing the same stupid bullshit they were doing 20 years ago, but only now. I swear it's worse. I mean, like, I swear they're just, they're just pushing it even harder. Um, Of course, when they were on TV, they had to have, uh, you know, all these safety precautions and stuff in place because it was TV and there was, they didn't go as extreme as they did in the movies. But in this one, I mean, some of this shit, I was just like, damn. Uh, And then uh, Johnny Knoxville, of course, he got hit by the bull and then, um, his doctor basically told him you can't you can't do this anymore because he's got like the uh, I don't know if you've ever seen not another team movie but you know how Billy Ray in that has like a concussion count and he can you know he only has three more concussions you know that he can get during the football game mm-hmm. and uh, it, it's kind of like that like he has Johnny Knoxville has maxed out his concussion limit and he's uh it's and it, it's not funny it's actually affecting his brain he has some brain damage because of it so he can't really be doing this stuff anymore but it was really fun I had a good time uh we laughed a lot and you know it's stupid but you know sometimes Sometimes life calls for stupid. So oh, sure. I had a really good time with it. It was, and uh, they have some new people that they've added um, and th- they go for it. Yeah. Jack has the next generation. In they're in there. Yeah. <clears throat> so that was cool. Yeah. I've got nothing against Jackass. I think all the, I, I didn't watch the show a ton, but I've watched all the movies at least once and really enjoy you know, all those that's me too it's weird i i never was like I, I think i caught a couple episodes here and there you know just like with bam uh like viva la bam or whatever and i never liked him like i just i couldn't stand him uh so i watched like maybe one episode of his show and then i watched a couple of episodes here and there of jackass but i was never like a huge fan of the tv show but the movies are fun you know the they do some really great pranks. Like some of them are just hilarious. And 
I, you know, like I love like bad grandpa and stuff like that. Like it, I just, it's goofy as hell, but I, it's fun. You know, it's super fun. And these people are doing it because they want to, they want to have their balls stomped on <laughs> or stung by bees. Oh God. Yeah. I heard there was a fair amount of oh, genital no. trauma in this one. A lot. A yeah. lot of genital trauma enough to make me like I was over there, you know, rolled up in a ball and I don't have that. Yeah. <laughs> if you weren't, if you weren't unsure, if anybody out there was wondering, I don't have, I don't have that equipment, but I, uh, I could feel their pain, you know? And uh, it was, I think it was Steve-O who had just hundreds of bees just, covering it and just hang i mean you could see the stingers sticking out when they were I, oh it, that's ugh, the worst ugh. it was so bad it was so bad but so i cringed a lot and i looked was peeking through my fingers a lot but it was fun what it's just hilarious because i spend like 90 percent of my time watching nothing but horror probably more than that and then <laughs> but you know get some bees on a dick and i'm like ah <laughs> speaking of dicks sure have, have, I, I do as often as possible. Have you watched any of the new Kids in the Hall yet? No, and that's funny you should say that because I was flipping through... What's it on? Uh, Amazon Prime. Okay, yeah. We were flipping through Amazon Prime because we were looking specifically for uh, a Rift Tracks to watch. And um, by the way, I know you go to Rift Tracks live uh, on occasion. I have, yes. When they come to Nashville. Did you happen to be at the one, the Halloween show they did where they did House on Haunted Hill? I was not, but I have okay. watched that one and it's very good. Okay. Um, that's what we ended up watching. But yeah. yeah, we were specifically looking for a Rift Tracks to watch because I like to do that. And mm -hmm. then I did see the new Kids in the Hall pop up and I was like, oh, I need to, I need to get on that. Is it good? I've only watched the first episode. Uh, because I'm kind of savoring it. I know there was only eight or ten of them. So I'm like, it, it's sort of like, okay, I'm going to have one bonbon tonight. And then I'll have one tomorrow night. Um, <laughs> but yeah, it's very funny. And there's a really good joke in the first episode of uh, exposed dicks. And I was like, oh, I didn't expect that they were going to go this direction. Especially being 60-year-old Ben. But that's kind of what makes it wonderful. So anyway, it's very funny. And if you ever wanted to know what Kevin McDonald's dick looks like, well, first episode of Kids in the Hole, the uh, the comeback will tell you. Wow. Speaking yeah. of going for it, look at them. It's, How about that? It's very Kids in the Hole. Like, they, you know, I don't want to, I've only watched the first episode, so I don't want to say like, oh, they haven't missed a beat. But <laughs> there is... Uh, uh, a couple of moments, like the whole opening of it, slight spoilers for the first 90 seconds of the Kids in the Hall comeback, um, is somebody buying a VHS copy of Brain Candy, mm -hmm. and Scott Thompson as like this old man running this, uh, you know, garage sale slash rummage sale or whatever, and he's like, um, oh, you don't want to watch that. The reviews were mixed at best. And and them just riffing hard on brain candy as being like this thing that sunk them. It it's very funny. It's really well done and there's uh I, I get just some really good kids in the whole stuff. There there's a whole sketch about 
uh, an entire restaurant that goes up in arms because a woman refers to a tart as a little pie. And it's, yeah, it's terrific. (laughs) Oh man. I always loved kids in the hall. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's like when I, when it first started, I was worried like, oh, they're just going to kind of play the hits. But then it, they started with like, oh, here's sketches you've never seen before. But there's a fair amount of like, hey, you know, here are some references to the old show. Um, but it, yeah, from what I've seen so far, again, I've only watched the first episode. First episode was terrific. And I'm looking forward to watching more. Um, awesome. I did, you know how when they do a little preview of something like uh, like on Prime or whatever, they'll you can hear the music like it'll pop up just it shows like a picture of them and then the uh the theme music starts playing yeah just like in the background and i gotta tell you the rush of nostalgia that i got when i heard that music i was just like oh my god it that was such an important show to me and my friends it was Mm -hmm. it was a big deal so that was really really fun especially since i was getting ready to watch a riff tracks which you know mystery science theater was so huge a huge part of my life back then too. So it's just, it was, it was very cool. And so I'm glad to hear that from you because that means I definitely want to watch it. Yeah, it it was quite good. And I mean, we live in a world now where you can, if you want to watch new mystery science, theater 3000, it's out there. There is brand new MST 3k, uh, for the having. Yeah. And, and I've watched two of the first three, that they've released and they've all been very funny. I think Jonah Ray is really good. And yeah, uh, I like him. I like him a lot. Uh, and they've got, I haven't watched the one with the, the new lady. What, what does the riffing, but, uh, yeah. So there's, there's a new riffer and I have not watched that yet, but I, you know, I still like, they even came out with a riff tricks game recently. Oh, that's fun. Yeah. It, it's, I, I mean, it cool. sounds like it might be fun. I have no idea, but, well, it's so the whole premise of it is like uh, you know you you play it on the computer or the 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 video game console of your choosing, I assume, and the whole deal is like you're watching the clip and then you just use your phone to type in your riff, and there are ah. like sound effects and stuff like that. And they've got uh, the, the other thing you can do is if you can't think of one. They have like prepackaged riffs from the guys from Riff Tracks. So if you can't think of something, you can use one of the canned ones from those guys. So very cool. Yeah, it seems I, I've watched a, a couple of different streams of, uh, of of people playing that game, and it seems all right. Um, if I had more friends, I would try to organize something like that. But uh, quite frankly, I just don't know that many people. Um, speaking of movies, though, I should talk about yeah. a movie. You should. So, I saw the new Firestarter. Oh, well, <laughs> that's funny because this weekend I was like, I was like, hey, we should see if there's something good playing at the movie theater, you know, for our anniversary weekend. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, nah, just a new Firestarter. <laughs> yeah. Well, all right. So let me let me <laughs> give you my justification for seeing this, and then I'll tell you uh, about how it wasn't very good. Uh, <laughs> so this was directed by, uh, hold on. Let me get the guy's name. It's Alex. No, I'm sorry. Keith Thomas. No. no, Keith Thomas is the guy's name who did the movie, uh, the vigil, 
which I think is terrific. Oh, yeah, right. I love it. So he uh, he directed it, so I was like, oh, right on. That I, I enjoy that quite a bit. But then it was also written by the guy who did Halloween Kills, and that ain't so good. So <laughs> I liked it. Okay. I, but uh, anyway, so um, it. I mean, look, I'm not gonna tell anyone not to enjoy a movie, but Halloween Kills pissed me off. Uh, so <laughs> um, you're not alone. You're not alone. That's not an uncommon opinion. It, I would say that that is. A, a divisive movie to say the least yes yeah um so anyway uh i didn't know that at the time i only found that that out later but uh so here's the problem is that the original Firestarter from 84 is a perfectly fine movie yeah and uh, which i like a lot i'm a i'm a big uh fan of david keith and i think he's great in that i think drew barrymore is kind of totally fine um who uh, Art Carney as the old man though with Louise Fletcher. I think that whole sequence is great. It's got Martin Sheen, you know, George C. Scott. It's got this just powerhouse cast. And and all are uh, turning in pretty good performances as well. So, uh you know, it's a little problematic with George C. Scott playing a Native American and all. That doesn't fly these days, but um you know, it's still George C. Scott and he's given a great performance. So, it's un- unfortunate, but it was 1984, and what the hell are you going to do, you know? Right. So, but I, I I have a lot of fondness for that movie. I've watched it within the past year. Then, uh, so this version of Firestarter, you know, speaking of Art Carney, you know that scene where all the the officials from the shop show up, and it's the first time that uh, little Drew Barrymore just sets a bunch of people on fire and blows up a bunch of cars and stuff? Yes. All right, so imagine that scene, only nothing happens, and she just runs into the woods. She doesn't do that setting people on fire bit? No. That's the best part of the movie. Right. Also, at the end of the movie, again, one of the great moments in the 84 Firestarter, again, spoilers for a movie that's, you know, whatever, 38 years old at this point, um, (laughs) is... When uh, David Keith realizes, like, oh, I'm fucked, I'm going to die. And even though I've been telling my daughter this whole time that she has to control this power of hers, you know, when he's on his, you know, not deathbed, because he's just laying around on the floor of a barn, his death hay, if you will. (laughs) uh, When he says, Charlie, you got to burn it down, baby. Make it so they can ever do this again. Burn them all. And you're like fucking yes burn it all down charlie and she does and that doesn't really happen either i mean it kind of does but not in the way that you're just like oh my god look at this walking dervish of fire and death destroying everything around her there's just not that release at the end of the movie all right i'm gonna spoil Firestarter, uh the the remake at this point so i will put uh a note on the uh the show notes i'll even put uh something in the in the chapter markers so that you know to skip this if you want but so um the the native american assassin sent to kill her at the end of the movie they just walk off together all buddy buddy because he had just been used by the shop as well according to this film and so her father is dead. 
the shop is kind of shut down, maybe. And then she and, you know, kind of the, the big villain of the movie, just, you know, Rainbird, just decide that they're going to be friends and leave together. And you're like, what the fuck is this? Like, you you didn't kill the villain, and in fact, you became friends with the villain at the end? And it's just, like, none of it's earned. None of it makes a, a damn bit of sense. Uh, the whole time, I was just like, I can't believe. I almost went to the theaters to see it, and then I saw some of the reviews start trickling in. I was like, oh, this doesn't seem good. So I ended up just watching it on uh, the Peacock where it's streaming for free. well not for free you have to pay for the service but i was like eh, i'll get the service for a month to watch this movie and not have to leave my home and even in that circumstance of like i'm sitting on my couch hanging out with the dog couldn't be in a better position to watch a movie like this and get some kind of enjoyment out of it and it just is not good at all like the the girl is not very good also again we're in spoiler territory just so you know um, a cat gets fucking burned to a crisp in this movie. Aww. Right, in a way that you're like, oh, well, that was unexpected and unfortunate, and I'm sorry that I watched it. Uh, yeah, it's, <laughs> it's really bad. Well, you just gave me another reason not to watch it. I can't imagine, like, again, I think The Vigil is a terrific film. I just don't understand what happened to this movie. You know, because, and I know that, like, I watched uh, an interview with Keith Thomas where he was talking about, like, well, we did as many of the effects practically as we could. And in fairness, that is probably the highlight is that there's actual fire in this movie. It's not all a bunch of digital nonsense. So that's good. But That's good, because that that, I was expecting that. I, I would have expected the same. And... In this interview, he said, you know, uh, in with Firestarter, like, we looked at the 84 film and we were like, okay, that exists, so we don't need to remake, like, do a shot-for-shot shot remake or something of the 84 movie. We can do something different. But in the process of doing that something different, it kind of loses everything that makes Firestarter a cool story, which is, yeah. you know, you've got this telekinetic father on the run with his daughter who's trying to not to burn the world down because she doesn't really control her powers and it's it's really unfortunate like it it's kind of like i said kind of head scratching there when i got done with the movie i was i was like so many poor decisions were made it's hard to figure out how to untangle what would have made this movie better Oh, that's a shame. Uh, yeah, it was a real shame. So I have seen nothing but negative reviews, though. So yeah, and I like I don't. I'm I'm not just shitting on the movie to shit on it because I don't. I, I'm I, I don't want to gang up on this film because I know it's been poorly received. But I I was really disappointed because I love the book and I I really enjoy that '84 movie, and this just kind of gets all of that wrong, and uh, it was really disappointing. So. Anyway, but I, I still think Keith Thomas is a great director, despite this movie being a real mess. Um, I, I would like to know the story of this movie. It feels like maybe I, I'm giving Keith Thomas the benefit of the doubt that he had a vision for this movie that somehow got derailed because the the vigil is such a great, like complete thought of a horror film that I know he's capable of it. And I don't mm -hmm. think it was an accident. I think Firestarter may 
may have i don't know if it if it was a problem with the script or you know there was meddling done at the studio level or if if maybe he was just getting a paycheck so he could go do some other thing that's fine too so well you know often when directors are first starting out and they maybe have something really good under their belt so they're offered something bigger i feel like the studios don't trust them yeah and they're and then they end up you know meddling too much and it turns out that studios rarely know what the hell they're doing (laughs) so um it's usually ends up being a bad thing and then that poor director who if left to do his own it likely will do something really good then gets screwed over and then they have that dark mark on on their resume which isn't their fault and you know we've seen that happen a lot and you, and it just cuz you just they don't have they're not big enough to have the pull to you know they're not a Steven Spielberg they can't just call the shots and or a Kubrick you know so that's that's disappointing and yeah. i feel like uh, the vigil was so good so effective so mm-hmm. uh just the atmosphere was perfect. Like I imagined great things from that director just because he clearly has the knack. So that's disappointing. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, enough about that. I'll, we'll, I'll talk about another disappointing movie later. Um, <laughs> what, what do you have? <laughs> not, not really. Yeah, 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 I'll get to it in a minute. What, what do right. you have on the plate for us? Well, speaking of directors who started out with something strong and then were handed something really big, we saw the Northman. Oh shit! Oh my god, that is so good. Have you seen it yet? Oh yeah. Okay. I don't know if we've talked about it, but I've definitely. I don't remember seen it. if we did or not, but yeah. Uh, I'm so glad I saw it in the theater, and yeah, I yeah, wish yeah. it made more money <laughs> because it thoroughly deserved it. Holy shit, that was so good. And uh, I mean, I love Viking stuff anyway, mm-hmm. but it was just. I mean, Eggers, I didn't expect anything less, mm-hmm. you know, because he just, he's proven what he can do. And even with just coming out of the gate with something as amazing as the witch, uh, it was just like, oh. And then when, so I, when I found out initially that he was going to be doing this Viking picture, I'm like, I can think of no one better. And I was not wrong. He, uh, he killed it. Yeah. That movie's metal as fuck. Yeah, yeah, that was a really good time. I, I, I've uh, Duncan and I were talking about this movie, and I said, "You give me a movie. All, all you have to do to get me to sit down and watch a movie is tell me, hey, there's a sword in this movie that you can only pull out of its sheath at night or at the gates of hell." And I'm like, "All right, well, I, I want to see that movie because that rocks." And yeah, you're right. Like there's the Robert Eggers attention to detail and the fact that they like built these villages and let them sit for, you know, months and months just so that the weather could do what the weather do to a place like that. That one shot when they, you know, go in and just raise this town and pillage it. So good. Well, and that was another thing, too, that I really loved is he didn't portray these guys as, you know, heroes or, you know, straight up good guys. You know, it's it's all because Vikings were not 
straight up heroes. <laughs> you know, they did a lot of shit. But so we got to see that. And I appreciated that, you know, and oh, I just when it was over, I was like, oh, my, I wanted I wanted more. It was one of those things, one of those times when, uh, you know, it's a long movie, but you don't you still don't want it to be over. Mm -hmm. And I, I was all about it. And it just depresses me to no end that it didn't make more money. Yeah, but I'm. I, I agree with you. I would have loved for that movie to have been a wild success, but also a period fantasy drama action film from the guy who did The Lighthouse. Mm. I am like, I don't know how much you can expect that movie to bring in. I'm, it, because it's still Robert Eggers. It's still super weird and impressionistic at times. And, yeah. you know, it is not a movie built for a mainstream audience even though that's how it was advertised but you know when i saw it there were people who were leaving the theater that were like you know that was probably <laughs> this is an actual quote that is probably the most accurate depiction of norse life and mythology i've ever seen on screen i just don't know if it should have been and huh. yeah and that was somebody who just didn't like did not enjoy the world of the movie enough to kind of go with it. And, and I think that's just the Robert Eggers vibe of like, either you want to live in the world that he's creating or you don't. And if you don't, I get it. I'm not immune to that argument that, Hey, I thought I was coming here for an action movie. And instead this is a much more like ponderous kind of movie, but I, I loved it. I was like oh give me more bjork you know forecasting yes. doom and um you know that that whole sequence with uh uh the the dudes freaking out because of their you know g getting their food spiked and all that stuff it just it's it's a terrific movie it's it's one of those movies that's hard to explain to people you just have to kind of see it and if it registers with you then great uh, and if it doesn't, like I said, I kind of get that. But I, I thought it was all, uh, up to and including the very end of the movie where uh, it, it, there's a, a, a terrific battle sequence. Or not battle sequence, kind of a fight. But it's it's just so good. I really dug that movie a lot. I'm glad you enjoyed it. I, I'm still of the opinion that Robert Eggers has not made a bad movie. Oh, no, 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 no. No, not at all. And he is... I'm uh, just solid so far. And he's one of those directors that I can't wait to see, you know, what else they do. So, and I will be there, you know, I will be there to see it, whatever he does. Mm -hmm. And yeah. And this, it was great. It was fantastic. And if anybody out there has been sitting on it, I, if, if anything that we've said sounds like something you might enjoy, then I would say go for it. Yeah. But, if you want to see Alan, visually stunning, holy shit. For sure. It, it's a beautiful movie. Um, if you want to see Alexander Skarsgård with the like traps of a ancient oh. God, holy shit. My God, he was ripped for that. <laughs> like he, even back in the days when he was playing Eric, it's like, Oh, that, that dude's cut. No, no, no. 
He is. <laughs> and somebody asked him, like, how did you get this? He was like, I just carried a bunch of rocks around. Like, that's what the movie called for, so that's what I did. And it turns oh. out if you just carry rocks around all day long for a while, you get this kind of bulk. And especially at his shoulders, it, it oh, it's so good. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. So I should start carrying rocks around. You know, when I was in high school, our varsity baseball team would they each had a brick and they would carry the brick with their throwing arm all day long all day long at school every day huh and i guess that's why you know what i mean because <laughs> you're getting a workout even when you're not working out you know it's building their strength now they none of them to my knowledge ended up looking like that guy from lady in the water so maybe they switched arms on occasion or something i don't know <laughs> Uh, I, you, I you just, know what I'm talking about. I get it. I get it. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I I would just if I were the, their baseball coach, I would be like, just make sure you're masturbating with your throwing arm, because you're, <laughs> you know, yeah, nothing builds strength like that. I guess. You're, you're teenagers, and that kind of repetitive motion is going to be both unavoidable <laughs> and helpful. You are going to be. Yeah, but then every time they go to throw a pitch, it just whoosh, off to off to the right really high up in the stands <laughs> <laughs> what is is this vaseline <laughs> no uh, uh, i call that my spitball who was it was it corbin burnson or tom berenger in major league who used vaseline oh it was neither it was the the other guy the one who who's chavez chavez that guy oh okay okay or no the fuck you joe boo that dude yeah that guy yeah yeah he had and it seemed like if memory serves it's been a long time since i watched major league but if memory serves he had a variety of substances that he would put on the ball it was like vaseline here's a little shoe polish <laughs> <laughs> had a little buffet of cheat cheating uh apparatuses um hey you want to talk about a, a shutter movie real quick yeah go uh i watched uh the sadness <gasps> what 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 happened there oh i loved that movie so much <laughs> So I don't know that I loved. I here. I here's the thing. I think the sadness is exactly as advertised. Uh yeah. Um, like when you hear people say like this movie is it's super brutal. It yeah. it is. Here here is my problem with the sadness, and this is a personal problem with the movie. This is no reflection on the quality of the film. Um, it is a very deeply cynical movie, and I am just not. I, I don't respond as well to movies that are completely bleak and cynical the way that the sadness is because it is not. All right. So if you don't know what the sadness is listeners, this was a movie that had some buzz coming out of some film festivals because it is um, a, a, a Taiwanese film. I yes. want to say, yeah. And the the whole deal is that it's kind of a zombie movie, sort of, in the in in the same way that like Twenty Eight Days Later is. But the the idea is that there's a virus called the Alvin virus that mutates, and there are, <laughs> you know, tell me if you've heard this before. There are scientists saying 
hey, we need to keep an eye on this infection because it could mutate on us in a way that could go south. And people are like, ah, oh, fuck that. that. These scientists don't know what they're talking about. It's all a bunch of political bullshit. Yeah. And then the, the virus, of course, does mutate. And the the effect of the mutation is that it makes the uh the the person uh who is sick with it um it basically attacks their the part of their brain that handles like inhibition and that kind of thing and so they just do the most awful shit that they want they're like super aggressive hypersexual all they want to do is kill and fuck Mm -hmm. and and hurt yeah, I mean, because they're not satisfied just to kill you. They 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 want to torture you as much as possible before they they just cause pain. Yeah, and there's an element of masochism to it as well, where they they're, they enjoy their own pain as well. Yeah, well, there I think a perfect example of that is the guy that we come up on with the it looked like they were baseball players or something because I think they were all wearing the same uniform type thing but yeah. a bunch of kids like ramming his crotch into the pole yeah. and then butthead um, kick me in the jimmy yeah he says <laughs> um but it's and a, then when we first meet him he's not infected and then he is and it has it's it's a totally different thing uh so you can kind of see how it how the the virus turns from yeah not only wanting to inflict pain but also seeming to crave it yourself it's wild yeah and and so in very traditional fashion for a movie like this you have guy and girl who are separated you know kind of across the city from one another trying to find their way back to one another as the city falls apart around them and they are beset upon by um you have these infected people up to no good, uh, I think is the best way to put it. And, sure. <laughs> and, and so again, it is what it, what it, it is advertised as, which is to say it is incredibly brutal. As far as like recent zombie esque movies go, it's sort of what, it's sort of what I've been looking for only, subtract any sense of hope or you know <laughs> the, like the possibility that things might work out for any of these characters like it is unrelentingly brutal and not just brutal it's just it, like it's just dark oh bye tully um <laughs> sorry it was attacked by the cat and oh. Uh, oh good to know it's not just my kids <laughs> yeah uh, it's uh, what a, what an awful awful animal he is um i mean he's he's a great cat but he's also just a complete pain in the ass um but anyway uh you know the the, the thing about the sadness is it is it's just kind of a big bummer and i don't know like even something like dawn of the dead and day of the dead going back to the classic examples mm -hmm. there at the end of the movie there is a sense of like well this is all fucked but maybe these people are going to be okay yeah. and and the sadness doesn't even give you that and 
like the very last moment of the film, uh, which I will not give away, but I will say it is, it's raw and it's like, God, fuck. Like, I just want something to, I, I want there to be a sense that there is a world beyond this one because mm-hmm. so much of the movie is about things like the government is always going to put a good face on this, even when things are fucked. Um, you know, the population is getting bad information from alternate news sources and from the internet. And it's a little, I don't want to say that it's too close to the world that we live in. It's, I don't know. I I guess lately when I watch a movie, I want a little more escapism from how fucked everything is in the world. And so for a movie to be like, hey, look at how fucked everything is. And it's like, I know. I can I, I see it all the time. <laughs> I I just want uh I want the movies to lie to me just enough that I could believe that there's a better day around the corner. And the sadness, uh, true to its title, is not going to give you that. Um But tell I you said you loved it, so I'll I'll shut up about it. I want to hear what you thought of it. No, I did well I I love it probably for the reasons that you don't. (laughs) And it's that I as well get sometimes just wrung out by all the, the nihilism, you know, that, and we went through a huge period of nihilistic films in the, yeah, like early to mid or mid to late in the two thousands, you know, like post nine 11, Mm-hmm. everything was just bleak and depressing and, and everyone died and it was just you know oh i'm like oh my god sometimes i long for you know the 80s when you know you were gonna have a happy ending of some sort you know some kind of hope and so it does it'll it'll wear you out but with this one i while by the time we got to the end i was just like fuck mm-hmm. you know uh because you're you're you know rooting for these people you know you want they're they're nice people they're good people you want things to go well and so i'm on their side and then you know it's just shit after shit after shit after shit happens and it's like reading the jungle you know mm-hmm. <laughs> if um which is one of my favorite books but it's depressing as hell and it's just like that poor guy every time you turn around something else worse is happening to him it's but it's like that it's just like there's no reprieve there's no there's no moment to relax and then you think you're gonna get it and then you know it doesn't go the way you was hoping you you, that it would go and so yeah by the time you get to the end you're like oh god damn but what i did really love about it is one i mean it, it was rife with commentary i mean it was clear that what you know what i think it it was bleak because times are bleak and Mm -hmm. they're you know and it was uh you know a lot of a lot of healthy discussion about you know the like uh, about politicizing uh, viruses uh, which is very on the nose but also very timely and so i enjoyed that but what i really 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 enjoyed about it was just the balls to the wall straight up gore and it just went for it and um when brian did his little write-up you know like he does on 
Facebook. He is like, he's my favorite thing. And I giggle every time I think about it is he's just like, you know, blah, 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 blah. But when it goes off, it fucking, he's like in all caps, it fucking goes off. <laughs> like, yeah, it does. Cause there is just a moment, you know, you're, when we start, we're with this couple and then they, you know, they go their separate ways to do their separate things. And then, you know, the, the guy is in the restaurant and then all of a sudden just, I mean, it was like flipping a switch, you know, you're like regular movie, la la la. And then holy shit, what the fuck is going on? And then it just didn't stop. It just kept going. And they, there was, I, I there was no, no boundary. And I, that's what I love about it is that, you know, at some point you got to think somebody making this movie was like, should we, you know, do, do you think this might be too far? Do you think this might be too harsh? You know? And then they're like, ah, eh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah. So, oh, for sure. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then they just went and it pushed every envelope and they just ta you know taboos left and right and i was like you know what i am digging this like it was even though it was bleak and horrible and, <laughs> and just everything that was happening was terrible in the you know in the middle of the movie when all the shit was going on i just there were so many times when i was like oh or ah or e or you know whatever that I was just having a visceral reaction to whatever I was, you know, witnessing on screen that I just was in it. And it was, it was kind of a ride, you know, just, it was just that it just wasn't, it was like watching something like dead alive, only not fun. Uh, you <laughs> yeah. Know? Yeah. That's a good way to put it. And, <laughs> you know, and I, I do like the movie. Like, I think it's really well done you just need that caveat going into it of like, look, this is, this is not a good time kind of movie. This is a horror right. movie in the sense that this is going to, this movie is aiming to rattle you. Yeah. And there's probably something in the movie that will. Um, oh yeah. And, and I even told Brian after I was like, you know, if we recommend this movie, maybe we should drop a caveat, you know, and say, look, uh, I highly recommend it if you, you know, are in the market for something that is not just bloody, but like just brutal in every sense of the word, you know, in, in that it's hard to watch at times because of the brutality. And, you know, if you're okay with something like that, then, you know, I say go for it. If you feel like something... Uh, and I know some people are sensitive to things, you know, and that's totally fine. You know, so if you're sensitive to things like sexual violence, even though there's nothing explicit, um, rather, sh you don't see anything explicit, but it's very clear what's happening. Um, then if something like that would bother you or, you know, if you're sensitive to something like that, then I would say probably stay away, you know, just because there's a lot of really hard to take stuff if you're not open to stuff like that. And uh, For sure. yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, it's, uh, it, it's definitely, um, it's memorable. That's for sure. And I have to say, I have not seen anyone have an adverse reaction to it. Everyone that I've seen, of course, the people that I, you know, converse with are horror fans too. Mm. So 
and everyone I've talked to about it has pretty much had the same, the same feeling. Um, but you know, I, I'd be interested to see like now that it is, you know, widely available on shutter, I think it was as of the 12th, then I'm curious to see once the ma- once it hits the masses, what the feedback is and how it comes back. But yeah, I, but, I, I did yeah. look at some of the, the reviews on shutter uh where people were like this is why i ordered shutter i'm like "Eh, you sound like a dangerous person okay Uh, yeah i wouldn't go that far (laughs) this is my life story (laughs) this is everything i want out of a movie i'm like no i mean yeah don't get me wrong this is not the kind of thing i want to watch every day but it was definitely definitely a trip it it was yeah you know it's good and and that's the thing i wrestle with is like my complaints with the movie aren't in the artistry of how it's presented it is just like oh man i i can only do so much of a bummer of a movie before i'm like okay like i'm gonna tap out here Mm -hmm. and you win this is terrible not not yeah again the filmmaking is great but I just don't want to feel like this at the end of a movie. Um, but it was, yeah, I mean, I, I I felt like this was one of the few examples of a movie that, that had a lot of buzz around it and lived up to the hype. So, you know, if, if that's, if that is your flavor of horror where you want some extreme shit that is, uh, is going to stick with you in your cerebellum, um, then, the sadness will do it for you. Um, It'll do it, yeah. All right. Well, we're strangely running out of time, but uh, what what else have you been watching, Jamie? Uh, I was trying to see. I knew we were running out of time, so I was trying to see if I could pull out something. Uh, okay. The well, this is this will be interesting because it's an old movie, but I've never seen it before, and I. Uh, randomly ran across it because of a YouTube video we were watching, just sort of name checked it. And it's, and I was like, Oh, I've never seen that. Let's, you know, let's watch it. So we found it. It's called the giant spider invasion. It's from 1975. Sure. Yeah. And it is pretty much awesome. Like it's not good, (laughs) but, but it's so much fun. It's like, they have this giant spider puppet that they built and it you can see it like running across a feet running across a driving field. Ac- across driving a field. yes and because it's, it's a, i think like, a little vw bug is what they used wasn't it i i believe so yeah because i was what i was gonna say is uh it's yeah it's very reminiscent of the giant tomato in attack of the killer tomatoes where it's clear that they built it around a car so in this one yeah they they, they just put uh you know with like a giant spider uh, like over a car and then mm. just drove the car very slowly and it's so it's so terrible but in all the best ways like it's i just had a great time with that movie and i can't believe i've never seen it i i was sh- just shocked because something like that is right up my alley especially from the 70s and when I heard about this, how, how have I, how have I not known about this movie? How have I never seen this movie? So if you're looking for a, a good time, if you like movies that are subpar, but still fun, then I highly recommend that one. 
also if you want to have a an even better time with that movie mystery science theater season eight episode 10 is the giant spider invasion yeah i um when brian posted about that several people commented that they've seen the mystery science theater and I don't know how I missed that. I was a huge mystery science theater fan. I had, we had a club when I was in high school. I was the president. Well, we were all the president except for one, one person, one person every year we voted to be the member. Everybody <laughs> else was president. That's pretty good. And, and well, cause that way you could put it on your college application that you were president of this club. And, um, Anyway, uh, and plus it just seems to fall in line with Mystery Science Theater to do something like that. But I, I don't know how I didn't see that. And now I have to find that. And, or we probably have it on disc. I have to, to find that and watch it because I can't believe I've never seen it. But it was uh, super, super fun. It was a really good time. And if you can watch it uh, with the Mystery Science Theater guys, then it's going to be even better. Let me, uh, I, as I was looking at the Mystery Science Theater episode, or, you know, where that fell in the, uh, in, in the stretch of episodes for MST, l- let me read you this particular uh, review of the movie. Not the MST version, just the movie as a whole. One out of five stars. Aww. I do not recommend for anyone to watch this movie, says Lola A., it is extremely violent. It has many inappropriate scenes which are not okay for children to watch. I <laughs> I can't believe this movie is rated PG. My child came running up to me crying because they were scared that a giant spider would invade our house while they were sleeping. <laughs> Poor Mr. Frogfish was having nightmares for weeks after watching this movie. We will certainly never watch this movie again. From now on, Mr. Frogfish will only be allowed to watch Ben and Holly's Little Kingdom, and that's it. P.S. If you found my review helpful, please say so and pray for my dear little Mr. Frogfish because he is still having nightmares. Oh, my God. I don't know. How wimpy is Mr. Frogfish? I don't know who or what Mr. Frogfish is. (laughs) Well, whatever it is, he's having some nightmares. That's sad. Yeah, yeah. But people... What are you expecting from a 70s PG movie? I mean, we didn't fuck around back then. Right. Jaws well, is PG. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. That's what I always go to is like Jaws is somehow a PG movie. And that is, that movie is horrifying. Um, all right. Let me. Yeah, that's what makes it great. I'm going to throw one last one in there because I feel like this is something we might have even talked about this at some point in the past. Uh, but I don't care. Um, so this, it was my anti the sadness. Okay. Uh, so to feel good about life in general, I ended up watching, uh, we're the Millers again. That's the one, the comedy yeah. with, with Jennifer Aniston. Yeah. And Jason Sudeikis. Yeah. yeah. I love that movie. Yeah, I do too. And I, and it's it, like, no regrets. You, you, no, you don't regret anything, huh? Not even one letter? <laughs> um, like the kid getting his ball bit by the tarantula is very funny. Um, <laughs> and Oh my God, the baby. When, when, well, it's not a baby, but the other lady thinks it's a baby. <laughs> She's just throwing the baby. And it, I just, 
I love it. I love that movie. Plus, Jennifer Aniston looked really hot in that. Oh, for sure. Yeah. And um, uh, Catherine Hahn and who who is her husband? The guy who plays Ron Swanson, whose name I can't remember now. But um, as the like fellow RVers. Yes. Yeah are just a scream in that movie. And so not only did I watch We're the Millers, I watched it one night just because I was in the mood for a, a pretty silly comedy, which is what We're the Millers is. Um, and then I was doing a movie night and we were trying to figure out what movie to watch. And I was like, you know, I just watched We're the Millers recently or we'd, we'd watch that. And... um the couple that usually comes to my movie night were like, Oh, we've never seen that. And I was like, Oh, well then I'll just watch it again because you should watch this. And pretty much from the point where like the, the other stripper that Jennifer Aniston works with, who has the boner garage tattoo with the arrow pointing down Mm -hmm. uh, from that moment on, they were totally bought into the movie and uh so yeah it was a it was a terrific movie to watch with people who have never seen it before and so for folks uh if if you're looking for a movie in the style of like game night is one that i would throw in uh horrible bosses yes yeah it's it's of that another jennifer aniston movie yeah jennifer aniston's really funny as it happens. And Jason Sudeikis is... Well, we recently rewatched Office Space. Yeah, I, uh, Office Space is a little smarter than We're the Millers. Well, yeah, but it's just another Jennifer Aniston movie. Yeah. But We're the Millers is... Uh, God, it's it's such a perfect ensemble, too. And, um, oh, what's her name? Roberts. Emma Roberts is Emma very Roberts. fun. Yeah. There's a... The line that really made me laugh when I watched it again recently was uh, her saying, like when she's kissing, um, what's his name, Will Poulter, the her her fake brother in the movie, brother, yeah, and they're teaching him how to kiss, and she's like, "Okay, that that's not too bad." Now this time, choke me a little, and <laughs> that really got me. Nick Offerman is the the name of the actor I was trying to remember, but yeah. No, I'm saying. <laughs> Did, yes, yes, I know, I know what you're saying. <laughs> I'm, I'm right here, and I have working ears, so yes, I know what you were saying. Um, yeah, it's that that dude uh, who Scotty P. You do you, Scotty P. Um, the kid who plays Scotty P is tremendously funny oh god that's my that's my favorite part honestly that whole bit the whole like no regrets thing and, uh-huh. and the, you know what i'm saying you know what i'm saying <laughs> yes i know what you're saying yeah scotty p is great um and and jason sudeikis calling after missy's leaving you do you scotty p <laughs> love it love it all um yeah it's a it's a terrific kind of broad audience appealing comedy it's not you know like i recently watched uh for a gary show watched uh like best in show as he was talking about you know christopher guest movies and so forth and it's uh-huh. not that like it's not that specific it's not that like okay if if this makes you laugh 
you will never see anything quite this funny. It's a more of an audience-pleasing comedy than that, but it's yeah, it's terrific. more accessible for sure. But you know. very, very funny. Um, and and it one of the early glimpses that Jason Sudeikis was just going to be a very big deal. Um, and for those people who still have not watched Ted Lasso, my heart goes out to you. <laughs> you should you should rectify that immediately because Ted Lasso is like the Pokemon evolved form uh, of, of Jason Sudeikis where it's like, Oh, this is the show that allows him to do everything. I really need, I still need to watch that, but I've never heard anything negative about it except for from Dave Dave's eat. Now he didn't watch it, but he, the reason he didn't watch it (laughs) is what do I care about somebody what i can't stop laughing he goes goes, what do i care about somebody with an with the last name lasso what kind of name is that That and that's the whole reason that he hasn't watched the show that is one of the weirdest arguments against not watching a television show i think i've ever heard he does that. It's great. I love him, but I love I love it because the same reason he didn't watch Sleepaway Camp until way later in his life was because what do I care about bees? Bees? Yeah, because there's the one scene where the guy gets locked in the bathroom and somebody throws a, a, the bees nest in and he gets, gets stung to death by bees. <laughs> and that's all I knew about the movie. Was that somebody got killed by bees? And he's like, what do I care about bees? That's like saying I refuse to watch Star Wars because I don't like trash compactors. Right. (laughs) But he does that. He gets like one thing. And and I know he's listening. (laughs) But I love this about you, Dave. Is he'll get like one thing in his head about the movie. And then he's like, I'm not going to watch it. Because what do I care about that? (laughs) That's nuts. You you should watch Ted Lasso. You would love it. It is uh, I, the third season is coming relatively soon. I hope, and I absolutely cannot wait uh, to get more of it in my life. the The first se- first season is kind of untouchable. The second season, they get a little more freewheeling and kind of do those episodes where, like, hey, we're going to follow this side character around and and just let you live with it for a while. Um, but it's still wonderful and it, it ends in a place that has me real excited to see the, uh, the third season. So you should watch Ted Lasso. I will get on that. I will. I, it's, it's actually on my list. It's just, you know, the lists, the lists are long. <laughs> yeah, no, I get it. I get it. You should also get on, uh, the, the new kids in the hall. So I the get new it. kids on the hall. Right um all right well that is gonna do it folks we ran a little over but that's just because uh we love you all so very much yeah that's it that yeah we'll go with that um so (laughs) i i do love you all very much (laughs) uh so we will be back in a month for more of what you're watching uh until then uh we need to come up with like a catchphrase for the end of the show like take her sleazy or something (laughs) You mean like, bye.